what is wellness anyways? I feel like health and wellness, that term gets thrown around a lot, but what really does it does it mean? And is wellness different for me than it is to you? Or is it the same? Is it different than well-being? What really does wellness mean? And what does it all encompass? And what should we be thinking about when we think about wellness in our life? And of course, it goes beyond saying that you have to talk about how do you improve your wellness once you define it? And that is why I brought Erica on today. Erica is a health coach and a certified personal trainer, and she is the founder of Fit for Change, and she just loves helping people think about their wellness holistically, and when I say like holistically, I mean long term. So yes, our physical fitness is important today, our well-being is important today, our wellness is important today, but it's also important long term. And we have such a great conversation. I can't wait for you to listen into it. So let's dive in. Let's meet Erica. And if you want to check out the show notes to learn how to connect with Erica, you can check those out at badtothebull.com forward slash 42. Okay, let's talk to Erica. It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork and let's dive in to learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello and welcome back to the Bull of Life podcast. Today, my good friend Erica, founder of Live, Thrive, Grow and a certified personal trainer and health coach joins us back on the podcast. Yes, we have done enough episodes now that we can have guests come back on the podcast. (laughs) So if you missed the first episode with Erica, where we talked all about maintaining weight during the holidays, go check that out on episode 10, because it's a really good episode full of so many practical tips, not only about like holidays and maintaining your weight, but just like life in general. Great, great tips. So I asked Erica to come back on today so we can talk about, well, wellness, which we talk a lot about on this podcast, but I feel like wellness is such a big buzzword right now. Like, oh, wellness, health and wellness, health, wellness, mindset. You know, you just like hear it like in everything or at least things I listen to. But what does it really even mean when you say wellness? So we're going to break it down for you and we're going to get to the bottom of it and all of that fun stuff. So Erica, welcome back to the podcast. So in case people did not listen to the first episode you were on, episode 10 again, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your passion for fitness, and well, anything else that you want us to know? Absolutely, Sarah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me back. I'm super excited to be here. Just love talking with you. And yes, my passion is wellness. So I would love to talk about my personal definition of wellness also. So, but just to give you guys, you know, your listeners a little bit of background about me. So I am a health and fitness coach, but I have a different viewpoint, I think, than a lot of health and fitness coaches. And and here's why. Because I believe health and fitness is not just about nutrition and movement. I think there's a whole lot more to it. As a matter of fact, I talk extensively about the fact that you need to care for your emotional fitness as well as your physical fitness. Um, you know, and 
I can give you a little bit of history on me, Sarah, if if that may help your your listeners um, understand how I got to that place. Right. Yeah. Because I think, you know, that would be really important because like you just said, so much of what we see in the media, you know, is just relating to your nutrition and like your physical fitness activity. And so like what led you on the different path to think about it differently and to think about it, well, more holistically? Absolutely. And that, and that's the word that I would use too when you look at wellness. So it's about your whole person. So I'll tell you, I, I did grow up active um, and in sports and, you know, running and gymnastics and um, drill team in high school. So I had a lot of activity growing up. But I'll tell you right after college um, and even during college, I uh, took a bit of a hiatus and I think that happens with a lot of us. Yeah. And I, I did that, Colin. <laughs> did you? Okay. Yeah. And I gained some weight. And I mean, quite honestly, I, I was out of shape. So after I had my first kiddo, and Kali's there, he's, he'll be 18 in a couple of weeks. So I just, I don't know how it happens so quickly. But after I had him, I actually um, had postpartum depression. Um, and you know, maybe some of your viewers or listeners have had this too, but I'll tell you, it's, it's a tough place to be. And so that was the first time in my life where I really didn't know what was going on with, with my body and my brain and the connection, quite honestly. Um, but one thing I did remember is when I was younger and exercising, that it did make me feel good, right? Like the, I got a rush of endorphins and serotonin when I ran, for example. Um, yeah. And so I remembered that. And as I was trying to figure out, gosh, how am I going to get out of this space? I thought, you know what? It's exercise, right? I got I got to get back on the horse and got to I've got to be consistent in my exercise. So slowly but surely, um, I started going to the gym. And when I would go, I would go on the treadmill. And it was my goal at the time to burn the number of calories that I ate for breakfast. (laughs) So at the time, you know, I may have a bowl of cereal with, you know, skim milk. And so however many calories I ate, I would burn it on the treadmill. So I would just run until I burned that off. Um, But I guess the long story short, Sarah, is that exercise absolutely helped me, helped pull me out of that postpartum depression. Um, There were other things that I did as well, but I do want to say exercise was a huge part of it. So adding that back into my life really helped me on a holistic level. So yes, physically, you know, I was in better shape. My clothes fit better. I had more energy, all of those things. But then on an emotional level, you know, my mood was boosted. I could handle stress better. I was sleeping better at night. Yeah, There's just so many incredible subjective measures to health that I think we overlook a lot as, as a society as a whole, honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, were you thinking at all kind of like how that related to you? Like, um, you know, you said it helped your sleep and improved kind of your mood um, and all that stuff. But like, what else like about kind of the mental health part of it um, that, you know, holistic? Was there anything that kind of um, you started researching or doing for, for that? Okay. Well, that's a great question. So, you know, I had two things going on. One, I had the postpartum depression, but I also gained weight from my pregnancy that I was trying to lose. So I was really doing two things at once. But what was most important to me was just managing you know, my mood and my feelings and my anxiety and my stress. So I would start out the day and I would say to myself, I know that I'm going to feel better and do better after I exercise. So I just made a conscious effort to do it, even if I didn't necessarily want to at the time, Sarah, even if I didn't feel motivated, I just did it because I understood the benefits. So, um, you know, the benefits are vast. And I think one thing that's short-sighted about, for example, weight loss programs is, like I said, they go straight to, um, you know, weight and measurements. And it takes a little bit of time. There's a little bit of lag from, you know, what you're doing from an exercise perspective and a nutrition perspective to getting to your 
ideal weight, for example. Yeah. Um, so I do have a few, you know, indicators that I'd be thrilled to share with your folks um, in terms of subjective measurements that I really recommend looking into. Yeah, I think that that you should share those for sure. Um, that we certainly be interested in those. Just you know, for the fact that, like you said, it's all you know. You look at all this stuff um, that we're bombarded with, and it all is like uh, the measurements and. Okay, so and so lost so much weight, and they did this, and here's how many inches and stuff. But like you said, like there is this mental health component of movement. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're spot on. And I mean, let's be real. We all want to feel good in our clothes, right? I mean, that's just the, and we all want to look good. And that's kind of baked into who who we are, I believe. And so, you know, the cool thing is about wellness that as you're pursuing, looking better um, in your clothes, you're also getting the other benefits. But here's here's what I find. A lot of times people are looking for motivation. Okay. Mm-hmm. If only I felt like getting off the couch and exercising, I would do it. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, have you, you know, if only I felt like preparing a healthy meal for dinner, I would do it. If I only exercise when I felt like it, Sarah, I don't think I'd do it very often. <laughs> Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, that's true. It's a like what, like, a, well, back in the day when you had like high school reunions and stuff, like that was a motivator, right? You'd get the little card <laughs> in the mail and, oh my gosh, the 10 year, who's going to be there? Okay. I better exercise. <laughs> <laughs> well, a hundred percent. And so what I share, my message is, you know, in order to get motivation, you have to act first. Okay. So action comes before the motivation. So motivation comes when you're on your way to your goals, when you're noticing the benefits of whatever you're doing. Okay. And so because we talked about, you know, you don't lose weight instantaneously when you start exercising or eating well, I really have my clients make sure that they're looking into these subjective measures that, that will go over um, right now. Um, so first thing is just overall quality of life. Okay. And that kind of encompasses all of these other subjective measurements. So mm. how about your mood? All right. Think about your mood and how that's affected by exercise, for example. I mean, when I finish a good exercise routine, Sarah, I want to like bottle up that feeling and sell it on the street. Yeah. <laughs> because I think I could get a pretty penny for it, right? I mean, how awesome does it feel to finish a good workout? It really does. It really does. And and so that's right. That's those endorphins, right, that are kind of being released in our body. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, another thing that I see for myself, and, you know, there's lots of research on this too, is, is brain function, improved brain function. So things like focus and memory. So if I wait till the end of the day to work out, I'm not really going to reap the benefits of focus for my my work, for example, as I would if I do it first thing in the morning. So if I exercise first thing in the morning, the rest of the day, I honestly do have better focus. Um, and so that's something that you can clearly look at in your life. You know, hey, I'm no. doing all these things. Can I focus at work? Yeah. You know, and it's not only that. So just to quick share a little... My story related to that kind of brain function of exercise is so um, my mom had Parkinson's really young, like in her 30s. Like I actually never knew her without having Parkinson's. But, um, you know, so if you aren't familiar with Parkinson's, it is, uh, you know, in the brain. So that was one of her things where she kept the symptoms. Of course, she, you know, medicine and all that. But she'd always been very physically active. And that was one of the things that helped her keep um, the Parkinson's symptoms at bay for a long while was exercising. And it was that brain connection. So she, you know, so I often would like joke with people, like we looked like the most active family in the world because we'd go to the pool all day and we'd play tennis and we'd go for a walk after dinner and then a bike ride. But she was just trying to keep that brain activity optimal. And it helped for years, for years. Um, Eventually, you know, Parkinson succumbed to her, but, um, you know, for years though, she was so active and it really did help. So there really is some really great science behind that brain. It functioned with, with exercise. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's such a great story. I and mean, it's something that, you know, clearly illustrates the benefits. So, um, you know, how perceptive of your mom and that she actually listened <laughs> to to the advice that she was given regarding exercise. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad that she was able to to reap those benefits for a while, um, for sure. So yeah, so we were brain and then uh so what's what's next? Okay, so I'll tell you quality of sleep is huge. So, you know, when you start getting in your 30s and 40s, you know, you've got different things that you're thinking about all the time, right? You've got more on your shoulders that you're responsible for. You know, maybe you even have a baby in the house or kids that don't sleep through the night or dogs that sleep with you, whatever. <laughs> but when you exercise, you know, it is shown and proven in studies that you do have sounder sleep. Um, so better sleep. So that's one thing that I ask people to really look at. Hey, the days that you exercise, are you feeling like you're getting better quality of sleep? Because sleep feeds into everything, I mean, right? Yeah. So not only does it feed into focus, but it also feeds into energy levels, right? Oh, um, yeah. So what I hear a lot from from women, especially women, but men too, um, in their in their forties, is hey. I just don't have the energy. Right? I just I don't have the energy to do all of the things that it takes to be healthy and well, right? And so if if you exercise, which is interesting, Sarah, a lot of times people think that exercise takes energy. It's actually energy given, giving. It's actually the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, it gives you energy. Mm, that's such a good point. Oh, I love that. Love that. We'll be pulling that quote for an audiogram for the show. Right? Right. It's, it's the opposite. Right. It's you're energy right. giving. Oh, yeah. It's a, well, yeah. If you're going to go out and run an ultra marathon, yeah, you're probably going to be a little tired. That's not what most of us are doing. <laughs> right. Right. Those are only for people with a screw loose, right? No. Um, I'm, I'm teasing. I can only say that because, um, you know, I've been a marathoner as well. But it... Yes, there is a limit. There's a point of diminishing returns. But, you know, the CDC recommends that we have 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week, 150 minutes. So if you're doing that, then you're not overdoing it, right? So yeah, you should be getting much. <laughs> it's, it's really not. And I'll tell you, you know, you can get fancy about it. But here's, here's what I'll tell your, your listeners. You know, if you want it to be really easy and straightforward, just do 20 minutes a day. Do 20 minutes of walking a day. And the walking should be brisk, okay? You're, it's not a stroll. You've got some intention behind it. You're going somewhere, right? Be intentional and get your heart rate up. So if you can keep your heart rate up for 20 minutes a day by walking, hey, that's you are on your way. Um, you're on your way to wellness. Yeah, yeah, I, it's such a great point. It's not like you have to go out and do something that you hate to do or <laughs> burpees are great, but, you know, especially maybe if you are in your 40s, you can get hurt doing that as well. <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, just just start doing something that you enjoy. And if it is the burpees, do them, you know, but if it is the brisk walking, do that too. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, here's another thing. I have a cute story around this, but but self-confidence and body image, okay? That's closely tied and related to wellness. So um, I, have, I have a newer client that um, just started with me a few weeks back. And one of the things she said is, oh my goodness, after I did the very first workout, I felt like I could get in a bikini and, and have like a photo shoot. She's oh. like, I felt so good about myself just after that workout, right? And so um, there is a relationship and a strong relationship, especially with, with lifting weights, Sarah, um, with, with body image and self-confidence. Mm. Yeah, you know, like, I, I think that's a great point about the lifting of weights because I feel like so many women are afraid of lifting weights, you know, like, the, oh, I'm going to get bulky yep. or something. And it's like, man, I would rather lift weights. <laughs> that's my honest <laughs> opinion. I'm like, I'd rather do that. Like, I prefer that these days <laughs> than mm -hmm. other things. But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, a weird, weird thing that we think that, right? <laughs> Well, I think, you know, people look at 
extremes. So if you think of like the bodybuilders, right? I mean, there are certainly women that get really bulky. Um, and you and you can do that without enhancement drugs. But I think just consider the fact that you won't be using those, right? Number one. Number two, if you are following a program that really helps you meet that specific and tailored to your goals, you're going to be good. Okay. So what I do with my clients, first of all, I've got to tailor it to what their goals are. But most women, for example, have, they want long, lean muscles, right? They want muscles instead of fat. They want to burn more calories during the day at rest because they've got that muscle instead of fat. And and that's what they're looking for. And so um, trainers can create programs you know, based on that. So like fat loss, for example. Um, and so as long as you're, you know what you're doing, there is no reason to be scared of weights. Um, I absolutely recommend them and you really need them twice a week. You need to be working out the same body parts twice a week. So each muscle group. So I would say really put in your routine, strength training two days a week, full body at minimum. Well, right. And you know what? I think Another good point to do about strength training is, I mean, it's a fact. As you get older, you start losing your strength. You start losing a little bit of your flexibility. And, you know, exercise and incorporating strength training, flexibility training, any of that back into your life is only going to help you as you age. I mean, quite frankly, we're going to age at some point and these things do help you. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, my in-laws, now I don't think they're much strength trainers, but uh walking, you know, I think my father-in-law still goes out for a slow jog, you know, and you look at, I mean, they, they're super healthy and they look young and healthy as well um, because of that. Well, right. I mean, bring on the adventure, right? I mean, who wants to be, you know, in their old age and retire, retiring, and sorry, that's not old age, but older, who wants to be in those golden years? And then they they can't do the things that they've always wanted to do, that they've saved all their money to do and planned all of these years, right? You want those years to be whatever you love doing, camping, zip lining, climbing, whatever it is, you want to be able to do those things. And, and you're 100% right. If you if you are doing strength training, then then you're on your way um, to keep that mobility, flexibility. And quite honestly, it also helps with joint pain and stiffness. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I agree. And I think people could also think like, oh, it's just going to bring me more pain and stif- stiffness. Well, you know, <laughs> it's actually going to help, right? Like, you know, it's like we always have this weird, like, are we read one thing or somebody said on the news one thing about, well, it hurt me. And then you just sticks in your mind. <laughs> oh, well, that's so true. And so here, here's one tip that that I will give. So you certainly don't want to injure yourself. So you don't want to work a muscle group that's that's injured or a muscle that's torn. Um, so here's what I would look for. If you have a sharp shooting pain, sharp shooting, you're most likely injured and you should not be working that muscle group, okay? If it's a dull, achy pain, dull, achy, it may just be that you're sore, okay? So typically, that's okay to work through. But the sharp shooting, you absolutely need to need to get looked at. And if you've got dull, achy for a long period of time, you may want to look at that too. But that's kind of something that I keep in my back pocket as well to help people know, hey, should I push through this or should I stop, right? Right. As well as, you know, then you can give them appropriate stretches to do for working out that dull, achy pain, um, right? Because what is it? The lactic acid that kind of builds up, right? That builds up. Yep. Uh, yes. A hundred. Yes, Sarah, look at you. That's a hundred percent what it is. So, and and part of helping with the lactic acid buildup is is actually working it out. <laughs> exactly. I know, right? It's the opposite. It's not sitting on the couch. It's actually moving more. <laughs> That's exactly right. And it doesn't mean you have to like, you know, have a three-hour sweat session, but certainly, you know, walking or biking or having a jog, something like that will help you move that lactic acid through. And like you mentioned too, Sarah, stretching, um, you know, salt baths, things like Epsom salt baths, things like that can really help with with muscle soreness. And And here's the other thing that I think is really important to mention, and that is, hey, guys, you're supposed to feel sore. I mean, 
if you don't feel sore, you're not doing it right. You want right. to feel sore. That's a good sign. And I think most people do think like, uh, you know, it's another little brain booster, right? Like you feel a little <laughs> sore and then you feel like I did something for myself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so, you know, as we talk about these subjective measures, I think that, you know, in the weight loss process, especially, um, or if you're trying to change your body, you know, um, through nutrition and exercise, guys, start looking at these subjective measurements on a daily basis because you could miss them, but they're wonderful and they are at least half of the journey. Um, So if you think about it, you've got everything. If your quality of life is improved by all these subjective measures, you know, I'm not going to say to heck with the weight and to heck with the measurements because we want those too. But the cool thing is it's a package deal. Yeah. Yeah. You start to work on one thing and guess what? The other stuff starts improving too. It just kind of, you know, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's like a snowball, Sarah, because, you know, we talked about the fact that you've got to take action to get that motivation. So if you're looking at these subjective measures, the subjective measures will give you further motivation and fuel your motivation for the future. So if you get on the scale and you're not seeing it move, but you realize, wow, my energy levels are fantastic and my clothes are fitting really well, that's enough to give you momentum to move forward, to stay on track, to finish your journey or continue your journey rather. It's it's a lifelong journey. Right. Yeah. It's almost like looking like you have some short-term goals of, well, I wanted to, you know, look really great in my swimsuit this summer. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, that snowballs into, well, then you realize that, well, you know what, maybe I slept better or, um, you know, I had a little more energy to play with my kids or, you know, any of that stuff. Um, I didn't feel as foggy brained or, or whatever. And this like, those are like long-term goals that help you stay motivated to, you know, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and you mentioned something that I, I really appreciated. And I, you were giving an example, right, of, of why you may want to get, get fit or lose weight and, you know, like your high school reunion. Um, so people will say to me, okay, I'll say, what's your goal? I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. That is great. And, and we can help you get to that place. But to be honest, if you're really going to be successful, you've got to have something deeper and more emotional involved. Mm. A number just isn't going to get you there. So Sarah, you gave a perfect example about getting ready for your high school reunion. Something like that is is a strong enough reason to continue the journey for most people. So you've got to have something beyond just a number. Yeah, no, that's oh, such a good point. Such a good point. Because there always is. There's these surface level things that you you think are the reason, but and like anything in life, right? You you know, um, often that happens. You think, well, it was this one thing, and I was just like, well, really, that was like the surface. And if you asked yourself why, like five times, it's probably going to be a little <laughs> slightly different answer by the time you get to the fifth time you ask yourself why. <laughs> yep, you're you're exactly right. And so, you know, one thing you can consider is you know a smart goal. Smart goals um, really help you get to where you're going, and they're very specific because. A lot of times we think we need motivation, but really we need clarity. We need clarity around what we really want and our plan to get there. So a SMART goal, specific, measurable, attainable, AR, uh, relevant, and T timely. So if you can define that in those parameters, then you can get real clear on what you're looking to do, when you're looking to do it, and how you're going to get there. So that clarity, and James Clear from Atomic Habits, which is one of my um, all-time favorite books, he talks he talks about that, and he's done extensive research and study around it. So he says, you know, if you're lacking motivation or you think you are, eh, think again. What you might be lacking is that clarity to move forward. Mm, yeah. That, that's so true. And I think if you think through those SMART goals as well, it helps you kind of make it more real, especially if you're thinking through 
that like timely and specific and, you know, all this thing. I want to run a mile. Okay. They're specific. And how much time do you want to run it? One month? Okay. 30 days. Now I have, you know, like now I've set this up for one mile, 30 days and, you know, whatever else you put in your sparkles. And it just makes it a little more real rather than I'm going to run one mile in 30 minutes. Well, when are you going to do it? When, are, are you going to carve out time in the morning, at night? You know, like it's going to take you a year to run one mile, you know? Like, so it just helps you kind of frame that in perspective as well as I think, you know, um, I think one thing we haven't mentioned here is that wellness, a big part of wellness, and I'm going to steal this from the Global Wellness Institute, who, by golly, they say that they're the Wellness Institute. They should know what wellness means. <laughs> but they say that, that wellness is the active pursuit. They don't say it's just this passive thing. Like, you are actively pursuing it. Yeah, Which I love that. You know, it's just not like a one and done. It's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like, okay, cool. Now I'm well. Well, no, this is something that happens. It's a journey. It's a lifelong journey of, of tapping into wellness, right? And it's tapping into that physical pursuit of the activities to that spirals into better sleep, that spirals into, well, now that you had better sleep, you had a better work day, you know? So it's like spiraling into all of these things and you're actively pursuing that. And it can be just starting with one thing, like you said, starting with that physical activity because there are so many scientifically proven reasons to do it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that it's that lifelong journey. And I think that's really, really important to point out because, you know, being overweight, for example, can be extremely painful. I, I mean, it, it's a it's a 24-hour-a-day thing, 365 days a year. So, you know, when when we're overweight and we're in pain, a lot of times we're looking for a quick fix. We just we want a solution and we want it yesterday, right? right. Because we want out of this pain. And and I get that. And I deal with people like that all the time. It, look, I was there too. Here's the thing. If you want sustainable weight loss, it has to become that journey and it's got to become part of a new lifestyle because you can't quickly lose 20 pounds and then keep it off if you go back to the way that you got there in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to develop habits and changes that really focus and support whatever goal you're trying to reach. Yeah, and that's why I love what you do, Erica, because you do, I mean, for goodness sakes, you are helping both, you know, individuals as well as corporate wellness programs as well, and it's called Fit for Change. That's in the title, right? You're helping people focus on that long-term change, which is so important to, you know, that you bring that up because like you said, we're a quick fix society. And I mean, I'm sure we all know people that are into the quick fixes and, and what happens? Well, three months later, they're off the quick fix and they're back exactly where they were. <laughs> yeah. And it, good point, Sarah. And, and we also know that by and large diets don't work. They just don't. So 95% of people that lose weight gain it back, and most of them gain it back within a year and some. So you lose that 20 pounds quickly, guess what? Welcome 25 pounds to your waistline yeah. because that's what happens. So I I am not about diets. I do not believe in diets. I don't believe that they work. So what I've what I have created is a weight loss program called Fit for Change. But what it deals with is, yes, nutrition, yes, movement and exercise. Those are essential. It also encompasses things like mindset, okay? Um, it encompasses things like, hey, guys, you're here. You're 20 pounds overweight. How did you get here? What part of your lifestyle created this weight gain for you? Yeah. So helping that's hard. People that's hard for people to think about, but it's truth, right? 
Ouch. Yes, it can. <laughs> it can be. But, you know, here's the cool thing. A lot of times you can look back, Sarah, and you can look at your family of origin. So you, for example, I mean, look, you guys were a really active family, right? Yeah. And and I'm going to take a guess that that you likely were pretty healthy in your nutrition as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom was that, you know, um, we ate a lot of standard Midwest food, but she she was part of the local food movement before it was the local food movement. Wow. <laughs> so she was always seeking out like, oh, here's this random house that sells strawberries. We're going to get strawberries from there. Here's this orchard in the middle of a city. We lived in Indianapolis, which that's hard to come by, you know, but like we're going to go get our apples from this local place. So she was very focused on that. We're not going to eat sugar because, you know, blah, 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 this. And we still had plenty of healthy treats, don't get me wrong. Um, but like, okay, but we're going to do it in some moderation, healthy ways type of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is a perfect example of, you know, where you are today, right? So you've been able to carry over those, those lifestyle, you know, whatever your parents <laughs> really show for you, whatever example they set is typically where we end up unless we recognize that we want change. Okay, so, you know, you were very fortunate. I mean, honestly, you were. And and there are lots of fortunate people, but there are also people, Sarah, you know, that grew up and quite honestly, maybe they ate out every meal or every day. And, you know, maybe they had sodas at every meal and and maybe their parents weren't active. Okay. And I think that's just as common, if not more common, especially with, you know, the electronics we have these days. Yeah. So um, if, if you're in the position where you have more weight on you than you would like, and you want to get well, um, really look back to your family of origin. Um, See how you were raised, what kind of food was at your kitchen table. Um, you know, where were you eating your meals? Were you eating them in front of the TV? Were you eating them at the dinner table and engaging in conversation? You know, what kind of, yeah, did you have soda and juice at every meal? Did you have water? I mean, if you look back, Sarah, you can really make changes. So it's almost like you have to look back to move forward. Mm. Oh, good point. Look back to move forward. I love that. And and it doesn't mean just because you were brought up one certain way that you can't put this kind of, you know, say it wasn't, it was drinking those sodas at every meal or, you know, not really focused on, you know, movement type things. You you can change that. You don't have to just say, well, that's how I was brought up and I guess we're just going to stay that way. And, you know, like that's kind of like a, your, I don't know. It's a very negative mentality. So yes, you can you can change it. You know, it just it comes up to you know those uh, that desire, that smart goals, that, mm-hmm. all of that. So. Yeah, and the mindset that you yeah. mentioned earlier. I mean, the mindset's crucial. So you know, we've all got limiting beliefs. I mean, we just do in different areas of our lives. And a lot of times you can look at that and say, okay, what's my limiting belief? What is keeping me from getting to my goal? Whatever the goal happens to be. And it doesn't just have to be health and fitness, but, you know, that is the conversation we're having today. But look at what's, what is keeping you from getting there? And and ask the why, Sarah, like you said, ask five whys, right? I mean, why am I here? How did I get here? And then What's the talk track in your brain? What is your brain telling you? Maybe it's telling you, hey, you know what? Your family of origin, they're all overweight. And so I will always be overweight, right? So that could be a negative um, limiting belief that you have in your mind. Well, here's the truth. That is not the truth. That's a lie. That is not true. They've done research and, you know, genetics make up less than 40% of your weight as a whole. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So they're, you know, in Harvard University did this study. So they're saying that diet and exercise and lifestyle have way more to do with where you are today and weight than, than your genetics. So you absolutely can make a change. So if, if your brain is telling you, hey, I'm always going to be overweight because my parents are my family of origin is, you need to rewrite that limiting belief And every time it pops up, you've got to realize, hey, that's a lie. That is not true. The truth is I have complete control 
over my actions and my lifestyle. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great because it's true. And then, you know, and when you start to rework that, especially, you know, maybe if you have a family and you have kids, kids are going to notice that and they're going to pick up on that. And now you're leaving a legacy that, you know, is on, on a different path. Yes. You, yes. And I think a lot of people are looking to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you mentioned my weight loss program, uh, fit for change. So, and I, and I talked about how it doesn't just encompass nutrition and exercise, although that's certainly part of it. It does talk about, and we do concentrate on mindset and we do go back and say, you know, how did I get here? Um, and so I believe there's three things three key ingredients to long-term weight loss, okay? And I've gone over one of them, and that is looking back to move forward. So how did I get to where I am today? And so now when you have a very clear goal or clear in mind where you are today, then you can make some goals and you can determine where you want to be, okay? Think of it as a roadmap, okay? So I'm here on the roadmap. I'm the red dot, but I want to get to the green star, for example. Mm. So once you know where you're going and where you've come from, now you need to know how to get there. Okay. So, you know, every day we've got like a GPS, for example, to get to where we're going, but sometimes you need help. Um, And maybe that's a coach. Maybe that's a Facebook support group. Maybe that's a neighbor that you walk with. Whatever it is, you likely need support if you're going where you haven't been before. And so, you know, when you're driving, that again, that could be a GPS. But in this particular journey, getting help and knowing where you're going and how to get there is really important. And then oh, – Yeah, totally yeah. true. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like especially this is your onset of it. And, yeah, you just really need that support you know, to talk through, to talk about like why you feel this way. Is, is something wrong with me? And just for accountability, that's huge, right? Yes. It's like we aren't, okay, not all of us um, are wired in that way. Like we're all individuals. We all think individually. Some people are fine. They can hit the ground running and, you know, like, woo. but a lot of us aren't like that. And we need, we need that accountability. <laughs> You're right. And, you know, I can look at different aspects of my life and think about it that way. So, for example, you know, hey, I need to clean out my closet. Okay. It is almost overwhelming for me because there is so much to do. I don't even know where to start, right? So there are professionals, there are people that could actually help me move forward in the process, right? And so I don't have to be stuck in that place of overwhelm. Okay. And I think that happens a lot of times when we're looking to lose weight, we just, we're frozen. We don't even know where to start, but guess what? There are people that have gone before you. There are people that know the way that want to help. So enlist some help in that journey, get some specific help. You know, we talked about, you know, having those workout programs focused specifically like for fat loss, weight loss, things like that. That's important, guys. If you're going to be working out, you want to be working out the right way for your goals. Um, yeah, so look at getting look at getting that support and directions for where you're heading. Mm-hmm. And then, Sarah, you said the third thing, and that is accountability. Mm-hmm. That is accountability all day long. So, you know, again, get that neighbor, um, Facebook support group, um, online program, whatever it is you're doing, you need initially – and, and maybe, you know, the rest of your life, quite honestly, some sort of accountability um, to get to where you're going. And I, I want I to tell a quick story, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to, you know, how to get to where you're going and, and directions, for example. So um, so my son, who's almost 18 now, he, um, he got a new job. And so um, he, he'd only been there during the day and he had to drive back from work that night. So he he got there just fine and he used his GPS. Okay. So on the way home, Sarah, he used the same GPS, but it was just getting kind of janky and he was he was having issues. So he was getting really frustrated. He did not know how to get home. Oh. Right? And so what did he do? He called me and he said, "Hey mom, you know, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going." 
Well, here's the thing. I've been where he was coming from. I know how to get him back. Plus, I had directions on my iPhone where I could say, hey, take a left out of this parking lot. Take a right on this next street because I had that tool in my tool belt. Um, Eventually, my husband and I went and picked him up. He decided that he wanted to wait for us in in like a, a gas station parking lot. He felt safer that way, which was fine. But he was smart enough to get the support he needed because we had the tools and we'd been there before. And so I just think that really illustrates very clearly, you know, the weight loss journey as a whole. Oh, yeah. And even that ending point where he just fi- said, come get me. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> we just need like, okay, what's this next step? I just need to be rescued and show me the way. Like, please <laughs> just like handhold me through this. And some of us need that. You know, we've, we've all hit that point before, you know, like, you know, where we just need somebody to, to help us. So yeah, such a good point. Such a good point that accountability and support is so key, especially when you're starting something new, you know, especially when you're starting something new. And especially if you feel like you've tried everything before and it hasn't worked. Okay. Because that's not true. Here's the, another limiting belief. I've tried everything and nothing's worked. That is a limiting belief because there's no way you've tried everything. Yeah, right. You're know? pretty darn tired and pretty, uh, what do you, live to 900 or, you know? <laughs> Right. So there's no way that you've tried it all. So that's a limiting belief you've got to get rid of. So guess what? If something doesn't work the first time, you try it again and then you try it again. Um, but I think the main thing is is to get that expert help, someone that's been there before you, someone that's helped others, um, you know, be smart about it. So we talked about wellness coaching. Make sure that the wellness coach has some sort of, um, you know, certification, um, that they've taken some sort of courses to get to where they are. Um, Because I don't, there's not really a rigorous standard at this point Mm -hmm. for wellness coaches. So just be careful that there's some sort of specialization in, in whoever you're talking to. That that's great advice as well. Um, really good advice. Like, and it's easy, you know. People will be upfront; they'll let you know. And if they aren't upfront, then you can know that maybe that person's not for you. <laughs> you know? If they're not willing to share where they got their wellness certificate from, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. So, so speaking of that, if um anyone is interested in finding out more about you and Fit for Change, where can people find you at? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Sarah. So um, you can check out my website, which is livethrivegrow.com, livethrivegrow.com. I do have information about Fit for Change. And quite honestly, the best thing to do is just to have a quick conversation with me to see if it's something that, that makes sense for you, to see if it's a good fit because I think that's just as important as anything else, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, is this program, does this suit your lifestyle? Because there are a lot of ways to get there, okay? There's just like there's a lot of ways to get, you know, directions, right? Yeah. Um, So you need to make sure that it's right for you. But for me, the way I've developed this program is small, steady change, behavior changes um, that turn into lifestyle changes. And and right now, um, with those changes, my my clients are averaging about a pound a week of fat loss. Mm. So, you know, it doesn't – you don't have to be, you know, out of the gate Speedy Gonzalez to lose weight. <laughs> you – actually, it's the opposite. Um, the slower you go, um, the better chance you will have of keeping the weight off. And so, yeah, even with these small, steady changes and just – you know, adding something every week, something small, people are seeing really big, big results, Sarah. Mm, well, that's what it comes down to, right? Wellness, the active pursuit. The Ooh. active pursuit. I do you know there's nowhere in that definition did I read, okay, you pursue it for a while and then you stop. No, it's the continual <laughs> active pursuit. And definitely you can help people start that continually active pursuit and then help them continue the active pursuit as well. So that's uh, that's what it all comes down to when you look at wellness, right? A hundred percent. I love it. That's such a key point of it. 
It's active. We're always doing it. And actually, the journey is where the fun is, right? That's yeah. where the memories are made. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think, too, that active pursuit, it changes, too. You know, like our our fitness journey, our active pursuit may look a little differently in our 20s. It may look a little different in our 30s. And it may look a little different in our 40s and beyond, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what you can help with, too. Like, where are we at right now, you know, like let's not think back to our 20 year old self. Where are we at right now and can pursue this actively, which I think is a good, a good point as well. Yeah, and our, and our goals change and our focus changes, exactly. you know, with each decade and, and maybe even each year. And that is okay. As long as you are progressing and moving forward, what we don't want to do is move backwards and you know, when it comes to maintenance, standing still isn't even an option because like you said, it's got to be active. So yeah. we want to just be moving forward, Sarah. And then that's the right direction. You can't go wrong moving forward. No, you really can't. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing and talking about wellness with us. This has been such a great conversation. I always have loved talking with you and love having you on the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And I look forward to our next conversation. Oh, yes, for sure. It will definitely happen. So, (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. I know I say this every time, but I really do love all the conversations we have on this podcast. And this one, I just love talking with Erica. She is just so fun to talk to and just a wealth of wisdom when it comes to wellness. And I love that she shared with us the these subjective measures that are often not thought about when we start thinking about our health and wellness. And of course, the first thing that we think of is weight loss. And she said, but you know, the subjective measures of that are, are so much more important. How you know, changing your physical wellness can improve your mood, help increase like your brain function, help increase your self-confidence. These are all great things, great effects on us when we improve our wellness. I loved that. Our quality of life improves. And that's just so important. As well as I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, long term wellness. And we talked a lot about on the podcast about how wellness is an active pursuit. So it's just not a one and done type of deal. It's a long term active pursuit that you are engaging in and improving and changing as life ebbs and flows. This is just an activity that we get to do that helps us celebrate life longer. And I think that's important too. Like why we do it? Well, it's those subjective measures to come back to that, that Erica talked about. It's your mood. It's your brain. It's your self-confidence. It's your quality of life. And I just love, love, love all of that. If you want to connect with Erica and learn all about Fit for Change, I'm going to list all of that information in any of the resources we talked about over on the show notes. And you can find the show notes at our sponsored blog, badtothebull.com forward slash 42. Again, that's badtothebull.com forward slash 42. Thanks for listening.